This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Good morning, everybody. This show is dedicated, man, to all the servicemen and all the service women in this country who fought, have fought, are fighting for our freedom. This show is for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, today I am going to be looking at season 13, episode 6, March 30th, 1998. Now, you know, I have been coming on here the last few weeks, the last few episodes, and I have been saying that this show is starting to take form of the Attitude Era. It wasn't quite there yet. There was still a lot of work that needed to be done, but the elements of the Attitude Era, we were clearly seeing, but we weren't getting a full Attitude Era show. So I want to declare right now, Season 13, episode 6, March 30th, 1998. This is the official start of the Attitude Era. This, from beginning to end, is an Attitude Era show. This should be the template of every single Raw following wrestle. Mania. This should be bottled, canned, revered, celebrated. This is how you do it. And I don't give a shit if I'm tooting my own horn. This was the perfect raw to follow a WrestleMania. Kicking off new storylines, introducing new characters, surprise appearances. This show absolutely, without a doubt, had it all. If you call yourself a wrestling company, this goes out to you, TK, and to you, Triple H, and Vince, and whoever the hell is doing what. Watch this show, bro. This is how you do it right here. The show kicks off from Albany, New York. Mr. McMahon to the ring. No music, no entrance, just a lot of booze, bro. This Albany crowd is at a peak uh, going absolutely nuts, maybe because Austin finally won the WWE title the night before at WrestleMania. JR also tells us, however, that Triple H has a major announcement regarding DX. Has there been a rift 
in DX. So that is a major, major tease as Vince McMahon makes his way down to the ring. Now Vince gets in the ring, gets the microphone. Bro, Vince does something which only Vince McMahon can do. And this is the absolute genius of Vince McMahon at its best and at its finest. He thinks the mic isn't working, and he's saying, is this mic working? I can't hear myself. Bro, the mic is working fine. Vince McMahon can hear himself fine. What he's trying to do, bro, is get over that the crowd is deafening. When he says, I can't hear myself, bro, it's like a football game, man, the last two minutes. And the, 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 the quarterback's trying to call the play at the line, and he's got to do this gimmick, bro, because nobody can hear him because of the crowd noise. That's what Vince is trying to do here, bro, by saying, I can't hear myself when the mic is working perfectly fine. From there, bro, he introduces Austin. The people are going absolutely nuts, bonkers, bananas. This is Austin's first appearance as the WWE champion. It was a little confusing to me, though, bro. And maybe it was explained and I just missed it. Vince has a belt in the ring and Austin comes to the ring with a belt. I don't think Austin had any other belt at the time. I don't think. He he may have, bro. I may have lost track. Um, but, guys, smarten me up on this. Smarten me up on why Austin uh, uh, was carrying a belt and Vince had a belt. You guys know, man, you are a part of this show. You can always write to me at officialvintrusso at gmail.com. Off the bat, man, Vince wants to clear up some misunderstandings about what he said two weeks ago. Remember, it was two weeks ago where he said to Kevin, hell no, I don't want Steve Austin to be the WWF champion. Bro, you see the constant follow-up and continuity, bro. We don't forget what happens from week to week to week to week. We are so keened into this show that we are really following up on all the details. Vince McMahon finally says to Austin, I am proud of you being the WWE champion. And Vince McMahon tells uh, Steve all the things that they could do together. Vince says, uh, with my vision and your charisma, With my mental prowess and your physical prowess, you could be the greatest champion of all time. Um, And then Austin says something to the effect of Vince, I thought you hate me. Vince says, I am incapable of hate. I find you to be a swell guy. Guys, you got to look at this closely because... Austin had a fight so hard to not pop. When Vince says, I find you to be a swell guy, the look on Austin's face is priceless, man. I don't know how he didn't lose it. And then he says to Austin, kind of in passing, I love you. 
And Austin keeps saying, wait, wait a minute. What was that you said? You said what? And Vince kept beating around the bush. Oh, it was just a figure of speech. Bro, the two of these guys played this off like like masters. This scene was absolutely wonderful, bro. When Austin is trying to get Vince to repeat the line of, I love you. This is absolutely great. Austin says, I love you too, but regardless, uh, I'm going to do things my way. And then, bro, this may have been the first time this line was used. I know we use this many, many times during the Attitude Era. When you got in trouble with Vince, he gave you the decision. And the decision was we're either going to do this the easy way or we are going to do this the hard way. And, of course, Austin wants Vince to explain what what what, what are those ways exactly. And Vince says the easy way is uh, you're flexible. Uh, you know, you, you are willing to adapt. The hard way is you'll be forced into doing things my way. So in other words, Vince is saying we can work together. It'll be unicorns and rainbows. However, you want to go into business for yourself, um, then you're going to be forced to do it my way. Um, Steve asks for 10 seconds to think about it. He then turns around and stuns Vince, and the place is going Bananas. The place is going bonkers. What a hot, hot, hot way, bro, to open and start a television show. I'll give you the perfect example today, bro. I didn't watch any wrestling over the weekend. There was so much, you know, Saudi Arabia. Then there was NXT. Then there was AEW. Guys, I didn't watch any of it because I don't care. I did see the clip of Jimmy Uso um, uh, super kicking. Roman Reigns, bro, I don't care who's on what show. If that's not how you open up Raw Monday tonight, you don't have a clue to what you're doing, bro. If that's something, bro, they're going to save to SmackDown or whatever, you're freaking clueless. That is the story. That is how the show needs to be opened. This was perfect, bro. Perfect, perfect, perfect. We go to commercial break. <clears throat> Vince is being tended to in the back. Then we have the premiere of LOD 2000. And LOD is coming out with Sonny. I, I think I'm not 100% sure of this, bro. I think this may have been Bruce's idea. I believe it was presented to me by Bruce. But who knows, man, it could have been Vince's idea. But LLD, we tell the story, bro. They came back together at WrestleMania where they went over in a 15-team battle royal. So remember, bro, they were at odds. They were going at each other. They flipped the page. They turned the page at WrestleMania. We cover that. Now they are coming out with a brand-new look. Um, Sonny as their manager, they're wearing like these motorcycle helmets thing, new gear. And Sonny says, this is 
LOD 2000. Bro, can you imagine that was 23 years ago? LOD 2000 was 23 years ago. Their opponents are Jose and Jesus from Los Bariquas. Um, They literally win this match in under a minute. And the fans were absolutely with LOD 2000, bro. You know, bro, when I see things like this, bro, I'm like, what happened? Because I I know, bro, when something is this over, I am going to see it and I'm going to recognize it. But obviously, uh, LOD 2000 really didn't go anywhere. And again, bro, I'm just going to go back to the issues that Hawk was having at the time that I really wasn't privy to, bro. I didn't ask about the conflicts in the office, whether it it was a a steroid test, whether it was, um, you know, contract negotiations. I mean, whatever the case was, I, that was not my department. That was JR talent relations. And, you know, when, when I'm, when I'm booking with Vince and I could see him pulling back on something, that's usually what it meant. But the birth of uh, LOD 2000 was over without a shadow of a doubt. Then we go in the back uh, to Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly says that Vince McMahon has called the police and he has said that he wants Stone Cold Steve Austin arrested now. There's your hook. There's your story, bro. You ain't going nowhere at this point. Is Vince McMahon going to follow through with having Stone Cold Steve Austin get arrested the night after he wins the WWE title? Bro, from there, there was an absolute beautiful piece of art by David Zahadi. And it had WWE legends in there. Freddie Blassie, Killer Kowalski, Ernie Ladd, Gorilla Monsoon, and Pat Patterson. And they're talking about their day. You know, we were men of courage. We were men of honor. And then it ends with them saying, but today I cheer for them. And they have shots, of course, of Taker and Austin and Rock and Sean, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This was shot in black and white, bro. A beautiful, a powerful piece by the great David Zahadi. And as I'm watching this, I'm asking myself, would that generation of wrestlers that they were saying today I cheer for them I know Triple H would, but I'm talking about like, you know, the Rocks, the Undertakers, the Canes, the Mick Foley's, the uh, I know Sean would because he's at NXT. But would they say the same thing about today's athletes and the way they work? Kevin Nash, Sean Waltman, uh, would they say the same things? Would, would 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 it be something that they were proud of? Very, very interesting. Um, 
We then have a Kevin Kelly update where he says, "We I got a word with Steve Austin. Steve claims he ain't going nowhere. The stage is set, bro. The stage is set. The story is being told. Next, we got Kurgan and Chains. Um, and we have a split screen. Vince is waiting on the cops. Bro, Ron Harris told me a great story, man. A great story just last week. And it was confirmed when I was watching this show last night. Bro, he said when any one of the boys had heat with the office, Vince would have Kurgan put the paralyzer on them, which was the claw and drag them all the way to the back. It was a form of punishment that I'm sure Vince and Bruce and Pat got a big kick out of. And Ronnie was telling me this story just last week. And sure enough, the paralyzer is slapped on big chains and he is dragged all the way up to up the ramp. I texted Ronnie uh, during this and I'm, I said, bro, you were 1000% right. Here it is. <laughs> this, this happened. So from there, bro, the cops show up and we go to commercial break. Where, where are you going at this point, bro? Seriously, where are you going, man? The cops showed up. We're going to commercial break. Where are you going to go watch Nitro? You're going to go watch the, uh, the light heavyweights, bro, over there at Nitro? Come back, uh, Vince uh, tells the cops what went down, and they start walking towards Austin's locker room. JR had a great line when he says, I think I've seen that look in Vince McMahon's eyes before. As the cops walk towards Austin's dressing room we go back to the ring we got tennessee lee introducing the great double j who is riding a horse and we got double j and agula tennessee lee hops on color for a few minutes we get his take on what's going on between austin and mcmahon which was very interesting uh double j wins the match with a figure four and steve blackman hits the ring To keep that going. We then go to the back and Austin is indeed arrested. And the rattlesnake is not happy. As the cops are putting him in the squad car. Um, The look Vince has on his face. When the cops drive Austin away, it's freaking priceless, bro. This is, man, when I talk about this all the time, guys, this is being in the moment. Vince is in the moment. Austin is in the moment. Jerry Briscoe is in the moment when he turns to Vince McMahon and says, you had to do what you had to do, uh, which was absolutely amazing. However, bro, This may have been a mistake on my part, but if this was a mistake on my part, it was something I learned from. 
because now the cops take Austin away. So are you telling the audience Steve is no longer on tonight's show? He's gone. There's going to be no more Austin McMahon. Steve Austin was arrested. Are you giving your audience the opportunity to tune out? And I remember, bro, this happened to us one time. And this may have been it. Where we said Austin was gone. And then we took a hit in the ratings. But I I promise you, bro, we never did that again. We never did that again. This may have been the instance. And I tell you guys this all the time. It's okay to make mistakes. But you've got to learn from those mistakes, bro. You've got to learn from those mistakes. From there, bro, um, Vince goes right back out to the ring. Continuity, bro. Keep the story going. The fans are booing him out of the building, and Vince says, show a little respect. And uh, then Vince says, I gave him a choice. He selected his way. Damn it. I selected mine, and Vince does the mic drop. Bro, what do I tell you guys about less is more? Less is more, less is more, less is more. Uh, Triple H cuts a promo of how he's going to drop the hammer tonight. And we're not sure exactly what that means, but yet another hook. Even though Austin is left, what is going on with DX? The story, uh, we also have a a, a pre-tape in the back as we head into the second hour of Raw. And it is the nation, and it is Rock putting Farouk over. Yes, I smelt a rat. And I'm sure that those watching this at home smelt a rat. From there, we go to Nation, and it's Farouk and Rock versus Steve Blackman and Ken Shamrock. This is a uh, tag team match. And throughout the course of the ring, man, Farouk's in the match. And he's fighting for his life. And Shamrock and Blackman are working as a team. Um, Finally, he goes to tag in The Rock. And The Rock lifts his hands up while Farouk is down on the mat. Farouk can't reach him. Then The Rock walks to the back. At that time, um, Shamrock hits Farouk with a belly-to-belly, and Blackman and Shamrock win the match. Farouk then calls out the Rock, and he says, this ain't over, Punk. Bring it bring it down, bro. Bring it down here. The Punk, uh, uh, Rocky walks back to the ring, Two of them get in, get into it a little bit. They're broken up by the nation. Rock leaves again. Farouk gets up and says, nah, bruh, it ain't going to end that way, bro. Bring it down here. At what time, which time, 
Rock gives the eyebrow, which appears to be the Iggy. And the nation attack Farouk. And Rock comes back down to the ring. And the entire nation leaves Farouk in the middle of the ring. See, see what, what's happening here today, bro? You literally on this show right here, you've got the birth of Stone Cold Steve Austin, the birth of McMahon Austin, and now you can say you've got the birth of The Rock. From there, bro, we go to a clip of a Pete Rose um, getting tombstoned by Kane at WrestleMania after he tells the Boston crowd, bro, you can't win a World Series because you're a city of losers. Bro, I swear to God, I don't I I don't think in the history of baseball um a a player has literally buried a city so badly. Now, I know this is a show, bro. But there, there are a lot of baseball players that's, that would have said, nah, bro, I ain't going to do that. I'm not going to bury the fans of Boston and call them a loser. I'm not going to do that. But for the right price, uh, P. Rose did it, and it was absolutely awesome. From there, bro, here comes Hunter in China. What bombshell... Does Hunter have to drop? Well, Hunter says, you dropped the ball. And he is speaking to Shawn Michaels. You said we could trust Tyson. You said he was in our camp. And I kept asking you, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? You were wrong. You dropped the ball. Now, I picked up the ball The ball is in my court. I'll make the decisions. Tonight is the genesis of DX. Bro, we got Austin McMahon, the birth of. We got the birth of The Rock. And we got the birth of Triple H leading DX. These are all beginnings, bro. The day after WrestleMania. Bottle this freaking show, man. Watch this, you morons. Triple H goes on to say, tonight, I form the DX Army. And in forming DX Army, you look to your blood. And I am talking about the click. Here comes Sean Waltman, bro, fresh out of WCW. Wow. This I've I've called this, bro, the greatest promo that. Sean Waltman ever gave. Bro, I can remember being in pre-tape rooms and practicing promos with the one, two, three kid for hours and hours and hours. He was awful. This was Sean Waltman's coming out party. Um, There wasn't anything scripted. Basically, the directions were, Sean, go out there, speak from the heart, uh, don't get us sued, pretty much. For starters, 
Sean Warman cuts a promo on Hulk Hogan. I guess Hulk Hogan said something through social media at the time that was just just starting. And he said to Hogan, you suck, pal. And Eric Bischoff is so far up your ass, he knows what you had for breakfast. And trust, trust me, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall would be here if they weren't being held hostage. So, bro, you're seeing, man, right before your eyes, this war is in full bore, bro. The gloves are off, bro. The barbs are going to start going back and forth. And I think it is fair to say All of that is courtesy of this promo. This promo, again, Sean Waltman being in the moment. Bro, from there, we've got a first vignette of a newcomer coming to the World Wrestling Federation. He is laying in bed. He is watching his latest film called Live Hard. He says, when I penetrate the WWF, all the ladies across the country will be squealing in delight. And of course, I am talking about the great Val Venus. Wow, bro. Please, man, I can't say it enough. And it has nothing to do with me writing this show. This is how a show after WrestleMania should be. This show has everything. From there, bro, we go to a match with Taka, Michinoko, and uh, Mark Merrow with Sable. They had a mixed tag the night before where Sable powerbombed Luna. Luna comes out. And she wants a rematch. Now, this is very, very important. Because, bro, I never booked a bra and panties match, ever. That was after me, bro. There were a bunch of bra and panty matches booked after me. This is an evening gown match. But here's the important thing, bro. There was a reason for it. Because Luna reverts back to her ripping the gown off of Sable when she was getting presented with the WWE Magazine Award. So we're relating it back to Luna ripping the gown off of Sable. And Luna says... The winner of the match will have the most clothes left on. Because Luna says, I'm going to embarrass you by stripping you down to your bra and panties. If you even wear bra and panties, you slut. Bro, what picture is Luna trying to paint here? Are you kidding me? She's trying to paint a picture here that she's going to strip uh, uh, Sable naked. What, bro? Th- th- this this is the edginess 
of the Attitude Era that they can't do in 2023, bro? Luna threatening to strip Sable naked? Bro, you know she ain't going to strip Sable naked, but you're leaving. It's theater of the mind, bro. It's theater of the mind. Now you got every teenager, every 18-year-old imagining Sable naked in the ring. Theater of the mind. It's all left up to the imagination. During the course of the match, um, Mero is choking, talking Michinoko out with the tape. Sable is yelling at the referee. He can't do that. He can't do that. And as she's got the referee's attention, uh, Meryl Loblos Taka goes over, but then three um, three guys hit the ring, and this will later be known as Kai and Tai. And again, bro, this is a deal that the office has with New Japan. Whatever the deal is, I don't know. I'm just told, yeah, we got these three Japanese guys, and this is what we're going to do with them. And I say, okay. From there, bro, we go to the uh, headbangers against the new Midnight Express. And Jim Cornette brings out Dan Severn with him, bro. So this is the first time we see Dan Severn. And then we hear from the back that DX says there's going to be another member added to DX tonight again trying to keep the fans there. Something really interesting I'm noticing during these matches, bro. When the match is over and you got the ding, 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 everybody gets out of their seat and rushes towards the rail, rushes towards the rail, and it's a great visual. Um, So I guess back then there was some room between the guardrail and the people. But when the bell rang, they all rushed the uh, <clears throat> ring, just like in a concert where the fans would rush the stage. <clears throat> that was a real uh, cool uh, in, uh, uh, visual. Also, when the match is over, Dan Severn hits the ring and belly to bellies the head bl- uh, bangers. Then, bro, we get Austin on the phone, and this is played throughout the arena. And Austin says, what did you think I was going to call an attorney? Nah, this is my one phone call, bro. And I will be back next week, and I'm going to make Vince McMahon's life a living hell. So we don't see Austin again, but we do hear from Austin. From there, from there, they're putting up the steel cage, which is going to be a match between Chainsaw Charlie, Mick Foley, Cactus Jack against the New Age Outlaws. As they're putting up the cage, we get lights out and we get Kane and Paul Bearer to the stage. And Paul Bearer gives a great promo. I had a dream. And um, he had a dream about a ring surrounded by fire. And you take her, you step into the fire. And what Paul Barra is talking about here is the Inferno match. And the loser of the match must catch fire. 
unbelievable, bro. Somebody's going to catch fire in this match. But here's what I want to point out, bro. We're already setting up the next pay-per-view. We already got Luna and Sable in an evening gown match, and now we've already got an Inferno match. The night after WrestleMania, bro, we got our shit together. We know where we're going. We're promoting these matches well, well, well within advance. Something they don't do today at all. You've got two huge matches announced back-to-back. We then go to the back, and we see earlier today the uh, the uh, trainers looking at a severe bruise on the hip of Terry Funk that I guess he um, he um, sustained at uh, WrestleMania, and it was brutal, bro. It looked like a birth defect. It looked like a, it, it was brutal. It was brutal, and it was real. From there, we go to the cage match with New Age Outlaws, Cactus, and Terry Funk. The Outlaws handcuff Funk to the cage by the neck, bro. So now they're going to town on McFoley. Now Hunter, X-Pac, and China come down to the ring. Uh, Sean Wallman clobbers McFoley with a chair. Then they DDT Foley on the chair. This is the new DX. This is the new members that Triple H was talking about. There is new life in DX after Shawn Michaels. Wow, bro. Wow. There is so much to look forward to for next week. This was balls to the wall like i said bro this show after a big pay-per-view after wrestlemania this show should be bottled this show should be copied this show should be imitated this was how a show should be the night after wrestlemania and bro this is the official start of the attitude era. I can't believe the notes I have. One, two, three, four, five, five pages of notes, bro, on this show. Check it out, guys. Season 13, episode six, March 30th, 1998. We are off to the races, bro. And uh, March 30th, 1998, we sustain this, bro, till. The end of September 1999, and then the Attitude Era died when Russo and Ferrara left. Check it out, guys. Honestly, this was a masterpiece. I'll see you guys in a couple weeks.